You know, one of the things that is so cool about when you read the Bible is it's full of enthusiastic people. It's full of people who are vibrant, who are alive, who are excited about who God is and what God is doing right here, right now. Is there any exciting, excited people right now in the room? That's good for the first three rows. Is there any excited people in the room tonight? Hey, I love that. And uh, you know who knows when it comes to life that there is some essential things that you need to be alive. Who, who knows what I'm talking about? There's some essential things you need. Who knows that this is one of the essential things you need in life? Water. Anyone not drank water for a couple of days? Who knows? It's, it's not very good, but you need some water. Who knows another thing? Uh, I don't know if it comes from palms, but it definitely comes from trees. Who knows there's another thing that comes from tree, trees that you can't live without? Oxygen. Who knows that uh, there's another thing that we need, and uh, maybe not in this form, but in a much bigger form that's in the sky, another thing that we need to stay alive. Who can tell me what it is? The sun, a bit of vitamin D to keep you alive. That's, that's a fairly important thing. And tonight I want to talk about three essentials, three essentials, three necessaries to living a life of purpose and calling. Are you ready? Here we go. If you've got your Bibles, let's look at that first scripture tonight in the book of Mark. Thank you, Katja. Incredible. It's on the screen if you've got your Bible. Mark chapter 8, verse 31. And it's the gospel, Jesus, here it's talking about. It says this, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Who knows what we're celebrating next week? Easter. That's what we're talking about. Jesus dying on the cross and rising again. He spoke this word openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Next verse, please. But when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, then he turned, but when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. Let me read that again. But when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan. Who knows that's not a very pleasant thing to say. <laughs> for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And, you know, I just want us to jump into this particular passage for a moment. Here is Jesus. And I love reading the Bible because Jesus is alive. I mean, everywhere, I love in the start of the book of Mark, it says that the whole city gathered to come and see Jesus. Why? Because he was super cool. Yeah, he was super cool. Why? Because he was trendy, hip. Not really, but because Jesus was changing people's lives. He was transforming their lives. And so people were coming from all over the region, the the Bible talks about some people were traveling through deserts, uh, people were traveling across water, all to come and see Jesus. And, and Jesus is here, and he's beginning to tell people, the Bible says openly, that what he's going to do is he's going to have to go to the cross, die on the cross, but he's going to rise again. And the Bible says he's talking about this openly. And uh, Peter, who's one of his disciples, now you've got to understand Peter's story a little bit. Peter is a fisherman. Anyone here likes fishing? No one. <laughs> We are not at the fishing church. <laughs> hey, Kerry likes fishing. Give it up for Kerry. Hey, Kerry, the fisherman. And, uh, and uh, you know, Peter, that, that's his business. That's what he does. Uh, but one day Jesus comes to his town, and he meets Jesus, and uh, he's just never the same again. 
And uh, though maybe we can't see Jesus in real life, I believe that today we can meet Jesus and He can transform our whole lives. And Peter was kind of just going through, you know, nine to five, working, doing his business. But Jesus came and all of a sudden he saw a greater life. He saw a bigger picture. He saw a bigger purpose. And uh, he's here and, and, and Jesus and Peter are traveling together. Peter's made a decision to come and learn off Jesus' life. It's like, how do you do what you do? I, I want to, lo- to learn off you. And so Jesus is beginning to tell people that this is what's actually going to happen to me. And Peter pulls him aside and rebukes him and says, it doesn't say what he says, but I can imagine it's something like potentially, Jesus, this isn't good for like the momentum of where we're going here. <laughs> like, don't tell them about the dying bit. <laughs> this, is, this is not going to help your cause. Uh, it's a bit out there. It's a bit weird. And, 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 you know, if you actually read into it, it sort of looks like uh, what Peter does is he pulls Jesus aside, says, Jesus, come over here for a moment. I just got to have a chat with you. And the disciples all follow and they're like, oh, yeah. And so Jesus then turns around to all of the disciples and he says, hey, get behind me, Satan. You, you're not aware of the things of God, but the things of man. Uh, who knows that that's a pretty, like, big moment? <laughs> it's like, oh, I thought I was right on Jesus. I thought I was helping the cause. I thought I was pulling us forward. And Jesus is like, buddy, you've completely missed it. But I wanted to give you tonight some keys to to living a life of purpose and calling. Are you ready? Number one, you've got to genuinely believe that God has a purpose and a calling for your life. I mean, you've got to not just hear about it, you've just not got to have people say that to you. You've got to come to a place in your life where you genuinely believe that God has a purpose and a calling for your life. And I love this moment because here is Peter, here is Jesus, this carpenter and this fisherman in a completely different city, in a completely different space, two people that probably wouldn't like to be together, but both of them realized that God had a purpose and a calling for their lives. And they were together. And though Peter didn't always get it right, who knows that Peter had made a decision to realize that God had an amazing purpose and calling for his life. And I want to encourage you tonight from the front to the back. Come on, God has a purpose and a calling for your life. Come on, you might not always be perfect. You might not always have it all together. But I want to tell you today that God is able to work and move in your life. And he has a purpose and a calling. And, you know, we can believe that sometimes, maybe at a church service a few years ago, but I want to encourage you today, it's imperative that we believe that every single day. That we come into that realization that when you get out of bed in the morning, you're like, God, you're so good, and you have a purpose, and you have a calling for my life. Like, you really do. I love, one of the things I love about God is He's so smart. He, he's so incredible. I mean, have you thought about a whale for a second? Is it, a whale would have to be the world's largest mammal swimming in the ocean. How, have you looked at, I know I talk about this often, but the woodpecker. You know, the woodpecker, what it does is its tongue rolls back behind its head, its head so when it pecks the tree, it doesn't destroy its brain. <laughs> you know, there's funny things. I was looking up a while ago for one of my messages about, um, you know, the funniest animals in the world. And there is this crab, no doubt, you can Google it, and it looks like it's wearing lipstick. <laughs> you know, we were joking around a little while ago, and I showed this funny video about uh, this guy who filmed all these goats hanging out in trees. <laughs> you know, have you ever thought about a deer for a second? Deers are cool, but have you ever been astounded by how high they can actually jump? Like a deer? It's like, <laughs> you know, I remember once we were in a, um, in a zoo, and I decided to go through a walk through the deer parlor. 
and I had some food with me. And I thought, you know, I'll just like reach over the fence and feed the deer. The deer all jumped on my side of the fence. And it was like a war, an army of deers. But I love when you begin to look at creation, when you begin to look at nation. Hey, when you begin to look at hands. Come on, can you see that God is a master architect? Can you see his color, his creativity, his beauty and all these things? And the Bible talks about, come on, if God cares about the sparrows, if God cares about flowers, how much more... How much more does he actually care about you? How much more? And I want to encourage us tonight that we've got to come into that place again afresh tonight as a church to believe. Come on, to sincerely, with everything we've got, believe that God has a purpose and a calling for our lives. Every single day. Maybe you can just say that out loud for a second. God has a purpose and a calling for my life. Oh, that's so good for us. And maybe you're here tonight for the first time and maybe this whole church thing is really new and different to you, but I want to tell you tonight, come on, that God loves you like crazy, and He has a purpose. He actually has a calling. He has a destiny for your life, that He doesn't want you to be the coolest wanderer on the planet, that He wants you to be someone who, at the end of your life, you just go, that was a life well lived, and I believe that there's so many people living quality lives, but the best place you can find true life and the best way to live is in God, is in Jesus. He's just the best. I know he's changed my life. I I know he's incredible. And I want to encourage you tonight because both these men, both Peter and both Jesus, came to a place where they, with everything they had, believed that God had a purpose and God had a call for their life. You know, and right now you see Peter's journey, and we'll talk about him in a second. But you know what I also see? I see Jesus' capacity to push through. Jesus, like, you know, he's about to go to the cross. And if you read into the Bible, I mean, he's nervous about it. Jesus is not just like, he's like, I'm going to the cross. This is going to be hard. The Bible talks about, if you read in one one of the Gospels, it talks about Jesus is like in this garden, and he is like, this is is going to be huge. And and here's this guy coming to him being like, Jesus, you don't need to do that. Let's let's create a plan B. I'll be your problem solver. And Jesus is like, no, I've just got to push through because God's got a purpose and a calling for me here on this planet. And I want to encourage you this evening, come on church, that sometimes God's got a purpose and God's got a calling, but sometimes you just got to push through. Come on, sometimes you just got to not give up. Sometimes you just got to not back down to say, God, I am following your purpose and your plan for my life, no matter what. So good. Here we go. Number two, it's connected. We need to get moving, but we need to stay moving. We need to get moving and we need to stay moving. I love Peter because here you see at this moment in his life where maybe he doesn't say the right thing at the right time, but I'm so glad that Peter just wasn't back in the fishing village where he was, but he was following Jesus. He was following after Jesus. You know, one of my favorite sports is basketball. Anyone like basketball? Anyone like volleyball? Hey. Anyone like badminton? We'll pray for you after. Anyone here like boxing? Anyone here like watching boxing? Ah, come on. I remember we went, one of the guys in our church, his name's Athamon, and he's a boxer. And I went to one of his matches. And, uh, you know, we were all there. And, uh, you know, it was pretty quiet. But Athamon has this friend called Dennis. You've got to meet this guy. He is the loudest cheerer I've ever met. And everyone was like, 
Ooh, boxing, you know. And Dennis jumps up, he throws his cap up, and he's like, go, Asamoah, go, man. <laughs> he's African, and uh, he, he was, it, was, it was quite a moment. And, uh, but, you know, I, I like basketball. I enjoy basketball, and, uh, you know, frankly, I way prefer to play basketball than to watch basketball. Is there anyone here, play sport, watching sport? So bland. Like cricket, the ultimate example. Who here likes playing cricket? Who here likes watching cricket? Oh, dear. <laughs> but what I thought I'd show you for a moment, has anyone heard a guy named LeBron James? Yeah. Let's take a look at some of the highlights of his slam dunk career. Thank you. One of, one of my favorite parts of watching basketball, if ever I watch it on TV, is when the, you know, all the basketball players look about the same height, and then they come over to the sideline for the interviewer, and the interviewer's like, how was the game today? <laughs> it's gold. <laughs> it's so easy. How do you feel the game went? <laughs> and this is it. It was a fantastic game. So, so fun. But who knows that we can watch the highlight reel of LeBron, but who knows that there has been hours and 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 hours of practice and practice and practice and faithfulness after faithfulness after faithfulness that no one, no one has ever seen. And you know, when it comes to God's call in our lives, you know, all throughout the Bible, you, you can read about these m people who had these like 
just incredible moments where God really revealed, hey, this is what I want you to do. Pastor Stuart talked about last week about Noah, how he was one of those, but God came to him and spoke to him. And sometimes we read these moments, and so what we do is we park, and we just wait for some profound moment. But you know, before sometimes these people had profound moments, sometimes there was just years of being faithful and being consistent and following the ways of God and honoring God so that God could trust him, trust them with that big picture and with that big plan. And you know, sometimes you might be sitting in this room tonight, maybe you're going, I know God has a purpose for my life and I know God has a calling, but I'm kind of just waiting for it to happen. And my encouragement to you this evening would be, why don't you just look at what's right in front of you right now? I know for me, uh, when I was in year 10, at the end of year 10, dad came and spoke to me and with mum. We had a little family meeting. And he sat us down to Julia and I. He said, guys, I believe that God's called us to move from the Gold Coast and to move to Cairns. And it was really cool the way they set us up because they really said that we're going to go on this crazy adventure of following God. So I don't want you to just compare the Gold Coast was like this and Cairns was like this. We're going, we're going to follow God going to be a lot of fun. And so, you know, we, we came up here and uh, obviously we went through the process of beginning to look for a home and what suburbs we'd move into. And we moved in with mum's cousin at the time. And, uh, you know, who knows that a big thing for a high school student is starting at a new school. And so, you know, the enrollment, mum and dad enrolled us and uh, you go to the uniform shop. You know, you've got to try on your new uniform. And thankfully, I was going into grade 11, so my parents didn't buy me super baggy uniforms anymore like they do in primary school where you, you look like a gangster for the, like three years before they fit. <laughs> and uh, thankful for that. But they, you know, new school. And um, so you, you get all your books ahead of time and you pick all your subjects. And it's senior. It's kind of that time where you've got to knuckle down and really go for it. So I had my bag, I had my uniform, and, you know, you're trying to work out how to wear it, how everyone would wear it, and, you know, what's cool and what's not. And do people wear their sports uniform on the first day or their formal uniform on the first day? And I just went to a school where we wore, had to wear really, like, high socks. We had to tuck our shirts in. It sounds so nerdy right now, but that's what we did. And you had to wear a tie. And so I came to a new school, and you had to wear short socks. And, you know, it was just all, and it was, you know, it was, it was different, and, I remember showing up, and I'd gone from a grade that had about 150 people in it to a grade that had 20 people in it. So, so substantial difference in size. And, you know, you show up on the first day, and it was here, and I walked down the path, you know, and you don't know where your classroom's going to be. You don't know who your form teacher's going to be. You don't really you know maybe a few people that I met at church. And I remember getting there, and you know, the form teacher greets you and says, you're going to be in my class and you put your bag down and you go into the classroom and you make it through the first lesson. You know, but for a high school student on their first day, the first lesson isn't the scary part. You know what the scariest part is? The first morning tea. Who am I going to sit with? Who am I going to hang out with? Who's going to be my buddy? Who's going to be my friend? And I remember sort of walking out and people were kind of nice to me, but no one kind of, hear me right when I say this, but no one kind of owned me, like, it was just like, Josh, you're going to be my buddy, you can come sit with us, you're a part of our gang. Everyone just was like, Josh, he's the new guy. And it was just so awkward. And I remember coming home from the first day of school, just going, I know this is the call of God, but this, that was really, really hard. 
And uh, the first week went by and Julie was loving high school and she had all these buddies and I was just like, this is a struggle. And, you know, through that moment, that was really hard. I believe God taught me one of the most valuable things that I've ever learned. He taught me what it felt like to be the outsider. He taught me what it felt like to be not in the club, in the crew. And I remember that feeling hit me so hard. And I said, I never want anyone else to have that feeling like I had. I never want when high school students come on their first day to have the morning tea and the lunchtime. And they were nice. They were trying their best. But the school students, and they ended up being great friends. Hear me right. I wanted, but just the first week was hard. And I said, maybe a way that God could use me in year 11 in high school is to befriend every single new student who comes to our school. You know, to, to come early on the first day of term and just scout out who's new. And, and I started to, over year 11 and 12, and even when I graduated high school, I still would go on the first day as a youth leader. And I became a connector. And I would say, you sit with this person and you'd be great friends with this person and you'd love this person. Did you know I'm still doing that to this day? <laughs> and... You know, I could have parked and waited for some super crazy experience, and I believe God can do that. But sometimes my challenge to you is, what's right in front of you? And maybe there's people at your work that just need a whole bunch of encouragement and need a listening ear. How about you start there? (laughs) Maybe you've got an amazing wife at home who you love or who's here tonight. Why don't you start with loving her the way Jesus has loved you. Loving her with the love of God. You know, maybe you're in a workplace. Why don't you just start putting all your passion and all your devotion there to make not only a good name for yourself, but to make a good name as a believer in that place. Just start with what's right in front of you. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, there's a great scripture. Thank you, Catcher. It says this, Who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in the much. And he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. Pretty straightforward. If you're faithful with the little, God can trust you with the great. And uh, I just believe that we need a whole bunch of people who can be faithful. Faithful with what's right in front of us. And I love Jesus and I love Peter in this particular passage because Jesus, even though the cross is ahead of him, and we'll talk more about that next week, Jesus just stays on course. He just stays focused. He gets moving and he stays moving. The Bible says that the the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. You know, you have to start stepping. You have to get moving. Maybe it's in the cafe. Maybe you could find people that aren't connected and start connecting them in the same way that I did. Maybe you could help Chloe McGregor out in children's ministry and start encouraging children. Maybe you could get in the hospitality team and start creating environments for people to feel welcome in the house of God. Maybe you could come to prayer meeting and start praying for a city. But if you're faithful in the little, then maybe God can trust you with the great. Is this helpful? Yeah, good. Number three, last point. Make sure wise people are speaking into your life. One of the things that you discover about the Bible is that God's not really into the Lone Ranger Island model. God's into the connected model. God's into the generational model. God's into having 
iron sharpening iron, quality people rubbing against quality people that produce even more quality people. You know, I love this scripture because Peter was way off, but I'm so thankful that he allowed Jesus to speak into his life. Because <laughs> Peter got it right, wrong right there, but the, you read about P- Peter in the book of Acts, and he transformed the known world. And he's still transforming lives today as a result of the testimony of his life. And I want to encourage you tonight, if you're going to be everything that God has called you to be, you have got to ensure that you've got wise people speaking to your life. People that can tell you the truth, even when it's hard. There's a great scripture in Proverbs. Let's take a look. It says this. Poverty and shame will come to those who disdains correction, but he who regards a rebuke will be honored. Who's speaking into your life? Who's encouraging you? You know, I know throughout my life, people like my dad have spoken into my life. Can I encourage you, if you're a young person here, don't discount the value of your parents' wisdom. Don't discount the parent. You know, sometimes we can watch things on YouTube and we can be influenced by so many voices, but we're seeing them through a controlled moment. You know, they're putting their best foot forward. But who knows when you've got your parents, you get to see them at their coolest and at their uncoolest. You know, and I'm telling you, you can look great on YouTube for 10 minutes, right? You can run one great podcast, put something out once a month, one good thing once a month. But I want to tell you, when you start living with someone, if you start living with those podcast people, you'd see all their faults too. (laughs) But sometimes you need to be able to honor your parents, even when you're close enough to see their imperfections. And listen to them. And I know even when you start serving in church, you know, sometimes, hear me right when I say this, but we can be so surrounded by on the, all the online church content. But sometimes when you start serving in church, you get to st- start to see people's good sides, but also their stinky bits. <laughs> but you know what? They start seeing your stinky bits. And hopefully that iron sharpens a bit of iron and you start rubbing each other's stinky bits off and you start smelling a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better <laughs> all the time. It's true. I know people like Glenn Garion who believed in me and took me on a trip to TI. People like Pastor Alan Wills who popped up and he's got to be the most crazy retired person I possibly know. But when I'm like him, when I'm his age, I want to be like him. Tim Hall is one of the funniest people you will ever met. Artist, preacher, classical com- comedian. He rocks. You know, I know another young guy who's in Melbourne who's transforming lives and helping young people all across Melbourne, Andy Harrison. You know, for three weeks, Andy just let me sit in his car and ask him questions and showed me, you know, what he was doing and how God was using him. Can I ask you a question tonight? If you could be on a sports team that had no coach or a coach, which one would you pick? Right. And, you know, sometimes we've got to make sure that if we're going to step out for God, that we need to make sure that we've got mentors, disciples, fathers, mothers who are speaking into our life, making sure that we're on track. Because if Peter was left to his own, he could have ended up way off track. But thankfully, he would listen to Jesus. As the worship team comes, I just want to finish with this kind of funny story. When I was younger and I first started out in church, uh, my first serving role was to be the words guy. That was my job. 
Thank you, Katja, tonight. It's great having you on team. And uh, the words job, that was my job, to be the words guy. And you might think that the words job is easy. You got to focus the whole time. You know, when people are like, <laughs> and the worship leader's like, fifth verse. And you're like, there is no fifth verse in this song. <laughs> but it was my first job and, um, at church, and uh, you know, I remember practicing. And you know, sometimes the words, it's easy, but sometimes you get people with these things called USBs. At that time, I think we might have even had discs or catch how old I am, floppy discs. And... Uh, I think he had megabytes on that bad, you know, on that other thing, and or kill a little one. But, you know, the USB, and people would come last minute and say, hey, I've just got all these slides that I want to put on for my message. And you're like, it's three minutes. <laughs> it was so much pressure. And, uh, you know, one of the things you may have noticed about me is that I'm really social. And uh, I started making all these friends at church, and uh, I was, it was great. And, uh, so what happened is we used to have youth on Saturday nights. And one of the things that we used to do with our friends all the time is like, you know, do hangouts and stay at each other's places and come to church the next morning. And, uh, you, you know, I remember it was the end of youth night. And I remember calling dad being like, dad, I know youth finished, but can I please stay at my friend's place? And normally mom and dad had a rule in our house that you had to ask ahead of time. You couldn't ask in the moment. You had to be organized because they were trying to teach us. Again, as a teacher, as wisdom, that valuable principle. But every now and then, Dad, in his kindness, would let me go. And, uh, but one thing that Dad said to me is, Josh, you've got to make sure you stick to your responsibilities. If you're on something in the, the next day, you've got to be there. And so I remember I thought, I'll stay at my friend's place. It's going to be so cool. And there was a couple of other buddies staying over. And uh, I remember, you know, thinking, because I was on words at our 8 o'clock service, which meant I had to be there at something like 6.30, 7 o'clock. And so, you know, I remember organizing it. We're all going to go. It's going to be great. And then I said, who can drop me at 6.30 a.m. in the morning to the church? And everyone's like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Forget that. And, uh, you know, who knows that when you're a teenager, you can be an incredible problem solver if you put your mind to things. And so I began to think, how can I make this work? No one's going to drop me there, but I am not missing out on this sleepover. This is, I'm not missing out. Whatever it takes, I, I, I'm going to do both. <laughs> And so I remember asking and asking and texting. You know, sometimes those, Heidi would know as a youth pastor, those teenagers text, Heidi, can you drop me to church at 6.30 a.m. in the morning? <laughs> Who's going to do that? <laughs> and so I was so keen to do both that I walked 45 minutes to an hour to be there early that morning. You know, I, I walked all the way because I was like, I'm going to do both. And uh, I would... <laughs> But you know what I learned in that moment? To always prioritize God's work over your social life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Dad. So my action step to you tonight is who's speaking into your life? Who's speaking into your life? Maybe when it comes to your work, maybe there's someone at your work who really inspires you. This week, I want you to take them out for a coffee or organize it for the future weeks. And I want you to ask them about what they do. Maybe there's someone in church life who's a great kingdom builder. They're not just talk, they're a kingdom builder. 
Maybe tonight you could ask them, how do you live your life? How do you pray? How do you, how do you lead your marriage? How do you run your family? How, how do you be an incredible leader? I want us to find someone who inspires us. Come on, can we do that, church? Action step. The next two weeks, and I want you to start asking. It might be a short friendship, or it might end up being a longer friendship. Jesus, we thank you tonight that you have a purpose and a calling for our life. You do. And if we're going to do this, we're not always going to get it right. But God, we are making a decision to trust you, to follow you, to live in that sort of calling. And we pray tonight that you would, they're probably already there. Give us eyes to see wise people, wise people in our world that we can take advantage of to be able to work together to move forward. Help us tonight to be like Jesus and be able to push through, push through even when the purpose and calling sometimes feels like a challenge. In Jesus' name.